listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. How are you, David? I'm very well, thanks, Jason. Great to be here again. Good to have you back with us. Now, David, I um, just want to let our listeners know that this is a recorded program because you're actually going to be away when this goes to air. So, mm. um, But that doesn't mean you should not... Uh, communicate with us still keep texting in we still read your messages we'd love to hear from you so uh, all of our book offers will be available um, no reason to stop communicating just because this is a pre-recorded program so mm. um, so David uh, you've been sharing some blessings in your Christian walk and uh, we'd love to hear another one today yeah, I, I, one of the ones I'd like to share today is about busyness. We were talking just before we started here, and that was that sometimes we can be so busy that we start to forget things or we don't put them in our calendar or whatever it might be, and that that can be a challenge you mm. know, just generally in life when you forget things. But as, as a, a pastor, one of the most enjoyable things I've always had, even before I was a pastor, was doing Bible studies with people. And being able to open God's word, spend time in God's word, share the things, these promises and the, and the theology that we find about God, things about God in there. It's always been a passion of mine. So I, I find myself now very, very busy and still doing Bible studies. But for me, it's been a blessing because that is such an integral part of who I am I'm studying the Bible. Mm. So this busyness and all of these commitments that I have, for me, I've been able to see them as a, as a blessing, you know, mm. because the busyness is busyness with God. The, the the thing I've got to be very careful with is making sure that even in good things, you don't do too much and, you know, shut out those who are really important in your life. Yeah. Um, you've got to have some balance yeah. and that's important. But for me, it, being a good busy is a blessing. It's been a real blessing. So often we can see it as, uh, oh, you know, there's just too many things and you can make it stressful. Mm. Uh, I find for me it's been a real blessing because it's something that God knows I enjoy. And so he's given it to me as a work. Mm. And I heard somebody once say, find something, find a job where you love doing whatever it is mm. and you'll never work another day in your mm. life. And mm. I think that's a really good saying. Yeah. That's my blessing today. Yeah. I also do some Bible studies with uh, people and sometimes either if I'm away or if I've got other commitments on, I have to defer them. But uh, I miss them when uh, when I don't do them. So and you're not doing them? Yeah, yeah, I love catching up. I do just one-on-one studies with a couple of guys at the moment and mm. I love uh, I love uh, doing that with them. I love reading the Bible and uh, studying it with them. So. And, mm. and love love uh, seeing and witnessing their growth in understanding as we do. Yeah, that that's together. fabulous. Especially mm. when you read something that you've read so many times and somebody sees it for the first time, mm. you know, and there's that understanding, wow, I've read that. I never saw it like that before. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's fascinating. David, uh, just give us a recap of what we did last week on Reflecting Jesus. Yeah, last week we, look, we talked about... Um, 
equipping others, equipping others. So God wanted us to be able to follow his example and equip others so that other people, the, the gifts that he gives us are available uh, to help other people grow. And at the same time, while we do that, God grows us as well. That's what we talked about last week. Mm, and this week, this week, yes, I think that was going to be your next question, wasn't it? It was, but I was just <laughs> going to remind people that they can listen to the past episodes on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, or you can download the app. Uh, from the Apple or the Google App Stores. And uh, Faith FM Australia is the app. You can listen live and you can listen to our past programs as well using those tools. Um, Also, just remember today, even though it's a recorded program, uh, you can still text us in. And, uh, you know, if you share something with us, we'll probably be able to share that in the following week's program. So so do mm. text us in, 0488880891. We would love to hear from you um, whenever you wish to uh, communicate with us. So um, Now, David, yeah, today, what are we going to be talking about today? Today. I want to continue the series reflecting Jesus, looking at uh, by you know in this there's a series of now we're going to do about four or five uh, programs or, or talks where we're going to look at moving from the reflecting Jesus of uh, behaviours and attitudes that we've looked at in the past to how how we actually treat people in, and how Jesus treated people and how we treat people in spheres of influence that are different from our own. Mm. We're going to look at these in different segments. Everyone has a different life experience, and Jesus wants to reach out to everyone with his love and his grace and restore them to God. This is very, very important. Mm. And this week I want to start by looking at how we can reach out to people in some of these different um, groups, as Jesus did. Uh, But before the break, um, and that's coming up, in a little while, we, we've got some time before that. What, what I would actually like to ask and, and have a bit of a talk about is a question that, as Jason said, uh, even though we're recorded, that you can text in and the following week we can address some of those or read some of those things. Uh, we'd love to hear what this, uh, your answers are to this question. Have you ever lived in a different culture? lived in a different culture that could be either in australia in a different cultural setting or overseas in a different culture what did you learn about the culture how did you cope Um, my sister went and did a number of years in ecuador and she had to learn spanish before she went it was interesting watching her learn along the way and so what she learned from that culture was absolutely fascinating and she's just so changed as a person from living all those years over there and adopting children from over there and starting a children's home all all kinds of things you know and and what she's had to go through in that culture hmm. but for me personally my cultural experience I haven't really I haven't lived outside of Australia at all uh, except if you I'll be careful here, yeah, un- unless you call Tasmania living up. <laughs> okay. Ta- Tas- I'm sorry. Tasmania sorry. <laughs> is both inside and outside. <laughs> it's yeah, an island right. on its own. 
That's right. So uh, I, I went and spent some time in the Middle East, and many people call that the Bible Lands area, and uh, it was only five weeks, but it was immersing yourself in the culture. And, and some of the things I learnt from that was we really, really don't know how hard some people's lives are. Mm. The image I have flashing to mind is walking through Petra and having a young, a little young boy sitting beside the path filthy he was covered in dirt he had a bunch of rocks sitting in front of him which i could have reached out anywhere along the walk in petra and picked one up myself he had these rocks lying in front of him hoping that a tourist would buy one of these rocks Mm. and this young boy would have been maybe seven or eight he should have been in school certainly shouldn't have been sitting in petra Mm. Um, we don't know how hard some people's lives are i know some of that is you know, fabricated, but nevertheless, it was heartbreaking. Mm. We really have nothing to complain about here. When I come back and you see all that we have, I look uh, right here in my room, I have bookshelf and it's absolutely packed with books. I have more access to more here in this room than some people will have in all their life. Mm. Um, and that, that really helps me to realize that I can't really complain about my situation in life and I should do more to help other people. Um, that that that's really impressive to me. Yeah, and I remember when I travelled to um, in, uh, to Cambodia some years ago, and uh, we did a, a couple of weeks' work over there. Um, we were staying in Siem Reap, which is the, where all those uh, ancient temples are, the um, the old Angkor Wat temples and others. Mm. But uh, around that area, it's not too bad uh, in terms of you know the the standard of living. But then we went out into the countryside and we we witnessed what people live in just these little tin tin shacks, you know, mm. um, and they have to go and get their rice. For the day, they harvest it and they prepare it for eating. Wow. You know, that's that's the lifestyle, and uh, and yet, you know, they still had smiles on their faces, and they've been through such a difficult mm. time over in Cambodia in the in the past. And yes. it's amazing yes. that they can still smile amongst that. It makes you realise how privileged we are. Yeah. So, if anyone's got some feedback on that, would love to hear mm. it. You know, how have you lived in a different culture? When? What did you learn? Um, how did you? How did you cope? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to uh, go to a break. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is ten thousand reasons, and what a beautiful name, Caleb and Kelsey. The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name. 
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're talking with David Maxwell on the series Reflecting Jesus. And we're talking about valuing everyone today. And uh, this uh, goes along with the theme of the lost sheep from the scriptures. Now, we asked you a question. Have you ever had to live in a different culture, perhaps a different country or a different place? Maybe it's just a different culture within Australia. If so, we'd love to know what you learned from from living in that different culture. How did you have to adjust to cope in that different environment? Text us in your answer on 0488880891. So, David, we're going to look at this lost sheep uh, story and mm. uh, learn how Jesus reached out to others. So we'll, we'll start unpacking this. Mm, that's it. So valuing everyone is this section, and this section is going to look at a, a different categories of people, how Jesus addressed them, how Jesus... Um, referenced them, how Jesus made them feel. And the first one is the lost sheep, as as you've mentioned. So what I'd like to do as we start today is, again, we want to have a prayer for our listeners. It's very important that we pray Mm. before we open God's word. I want to pray for our listeners, and then I'll get you to read our passage. Then we'll dig into it today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we want to thank you that we still have your word today. In many countries, in many places, they don't. And we want to pray for those people today, that in a way they will be able to receive your word either through radio or some other means. Lord, we pray for our listeners today, wherever they are, that as we open your word, you would give us understanding and speak to them personally. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So our passage today we'd like to look at is Matthew 10, verse 5 to 16. And I'd like you to read it from the New King James, if you could, please. Sure. Jason. It says, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather... Uh, But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, For a worker is worthy of his food. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Thanks very much, Jason. That passage, as I as I was listening again to it, as you read the lost sheep of the house of Israel, I have a picture in my mind about what or who that might be. I would like to actually look at who these lost sheep of Israel were. Mm. But in my mind, I have this picture that if you're lost, you were part of a group, 
and you went astray. Mm. That's that's the picture I have, a, like a separation from a main group. Mm. And then there is clearly some context in that. But as I as I dug a bit deeper into that, I found that it was more than that. And I want to unpack that a little bit today. My first illustration is blind leading the blind, I've called it. And many, many years ago, well, I shouldn't say many, many, Many years ago, <laughs> I was involved in a uh, Seventh-day Adventist youth leadership group, and it was called Pathfinders. And this was a group that covered uh, young people from the age of 10 to 16, and it helped develop these people. It helped to give them outdoor skills. It did a lot of things that were very, very important in their growth, both both just the physical mental, spiritual growth, as well as growth as a Christian for, for those who were that way inclined. And, and we did this exercise where uh, there was a whole bunch of challenges that they had to do. And one of the challenges was each person in the group had to be blindfolded and the, the leader wasn't. So it's a, it was a, a it was a, a exercise in trust. Mm. The leader wasn't blindfolded, and the leader had to walk around through, you know, a maze of different things, and guide the people simply because they had their hand on their shoulder, and all the other people were blindfolded. So they were relying on this person at the front to not lead them astray. Mm. If they went the wrong way or, you know, purposely led them a place where they would trip or fall, they would just trip or fall. And so they had ultimate trust in this person. Um, just imagine, though, for a moment, if through that exercise, everyone was blindfolded. Mm. You imagine, imagine the leader also blindfolded and he, is, he or she is stumbling along trying to find their way and everyone else is going to be doing exactly the same, aren't they? Literally the blind leading the blind. It would be the blind leading the blind. Jesus used this illustration at one point about blind leading the blind. And he says, if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a hole. Mm. Very true. Very mm. true. But in that experience we had, the, the, the leader wasn't blindfolded and they knew where they were going. Mm. In the spiritual sense, if the person who is leading doesn't actually know they're on the wrong path, then everybody else who is following is going to be on the wrong path as well and not even realize it. Yeah. And and that's the essence of that illustration. So the first group of people that Jesus says he came to to save was the Israelites. Mm. Okay? The and, people as a whole. And they were chosen uh, as his special people, but they were still off track. <laughs> They were, and that's that's how I'm unpacking this at the moment. Mm. So as a people on the whole, the Israelites were God's chosen people, and I'll clarify in a moment what that means. They were chosen because they were the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God had made a whole bunch of covenantal promises to those, to those uh, patriarchs. These promises were passed down from generation to generation right until Jesus' day, and in, in that sense, they were still part of that promised people okay their time however was running out when you look at it prophetically jesus is coming you know he's baptized in AD 27 there is only a handful of years until the prophetic time for god's people israel completes or finishes mm. and how that how that finishes up is up to them mm. however time is getting short but right right here in the, in the time where jesus is living 
the Israelites are still his, inverted commas, special people. So uh, just because God called them special, though, his people, it doesn't actually make them more special in the sense um, that they're more loved or more important than anyone else on the earth. I want to make that point because mm. some people think, well, well, see, God only cared about them. No, that's not actually the case. They were there for a, they, they were special for a particular reason. Mm. They were special because they were recipients of his promises and and because God had given them a task to perform. Mm. That was the reason why they were recipients of his promises. Uh, we'll, we'll mention that again later as well. So, so their, their role uh, was to share the message of who God was and the image of who God was, which is why some of the rules seem so exacting, um, and also share the reason why the Messiah was going to come. He was going to restore mankind, remove sin, not just for the people of Israel, but for the whole world. This is a little bit like the role of a minister or a pastor. That's what we're sometimes called. So the title minister or pastor refers to what we do, not who we are. Now, before you go ahead and say, no, no, that's not true, David. Uh, you have to be a pastor to be a minister. Well, let me clarify, because I know some people will say, well, if you can't, if you're not a pastor, then you can't. Pastor. <laughs> Minister, yeah. Mm. So remember when Jesus left, he didn't set aside Peter, James, and John, those three that were most closest to him. He didn't set those three aside and say, now you three go, preach, teach, baptize, and the rest of you listen to what they do. Mm. All right? That, that wasn't what happened. Jesus addressed the whole bunch of disciples that were with him before he left, and he said to all of them, he sent them all out with the same direction albeit with different gifts. So what I mean about what we do is that you and I are called to the same mission, Jason. You do it in a different way than I do it. We all, we all have the same uh, mission, but we mission. do it in different ways. Absolutely. So, yes, I am a pastor. I understand that. I am a pastor. I have that pastoral heart. But what makes me do but, – sorry, but what I do – that makes me a pastor is to use the speaking, teaching and leading gifts that God gives me to equip others to do their own work as ministers for Christ, as I discussed last week. God doesn't love me more because I'm a pastor. He loves me the same as he loves every one of us. Mm. And this is, same for the, this is the same for the Israelites. They all together had a special job to do. We're all God's people in need of salvation, as it says in John 3.16. Jesus says he came to save whoever believes, regardless of who they are. Unfortunately for the Jewish people, the Jews in general and their religious leaders in particular actually took this specialness in the wrong light and they, and they made themselves elite. So the Jews in general said Gentiles were rubbish, right? They mm. weren't even considered by God. Mm. The elite then, by default, treated the rest of the Jews the same way. We are special. We are above. You know, you might be a Jew, but you're a sinner because you've got this illness, that illness. And nothing could have been further from the truth. God loved them all the same, but they were making people feel unimportant. Mm. And so Jesus' reference in our text to the lost sheep of the house of Israel in the context of the original language, seems to indicate it's not just a small group of these that are lost or perishing, but all of them. 
all of them, all of the Israelites are lost and perishing. So Jesus first sends his disciples to his special people that they might once again become instrumental in reaching out to the whole world on his behalf. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that means that um, everyone ultimately would be lost and he's calling all the people of Israel uh, to, yeah, to, to return to him. That, that's what it seems like in the context as mm. I read it. Mm. The lost in the Greek means perishing, being destroyed or lost. And without Jesus, you see, they're all in that boat. Mm. We, we are all in that boat. Mm. Yes, they might know about God, but if they don't know about Jesus, we are all lost. We are all going to perish and they couldn't even see it. Mm. And we can be the same. Absolutely. Our question for you, have you ever had to live in a different culture? If so, what did you learn about the culture and uh, perhaps in a different country or perhaps in Australia? Um, What did you learn and how did you cope in that different environment? We're going to go to this break. This is Reckless Love and uh, by Anthem Lights. Before I spoke a word You were singing over me You've been so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You've been so, so kind to me Shut up. 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're talking with David Maxwell on the program Reflecting Jesus and David's been talking about how we need to value everyone and in particular the concept of the lost sheep and who that means and we were talking before the break about how the lost sheep in uh, this context is actually the house of Israel, the all Israelites who had wandered away. And so they were the first, I guess, um, the first audience of this concept of the lost sheep. So um, let's let's continue this study. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So, yeah, as I said, without Jesus, even though they had the information about God, uh, we'll read later a verse that says they had the oracles of God, they were all going to be lost without Jesus. They were all going to perish without Jesus, and they couldn't even see it. Mm. And and this is really, really important because uh, as we read this, we can reflect on, well, what's that mean for us? Yeah. Uh, how does that mean that I know about God, but do I know Jesus? Mm. And knowing Jesus is the key. We'll be perishing without him. So how did Jesus reach out? It's really important, I feel, to look at the how and the why of Jesus did what he did, and that gives us a bit of context to why we would do what he wants us to do and ask us to follow that. So firstly, how? How did Jesus reach out to this people group? Jesus does it in in a number of very, very practical ways. Now, for centuries before this, millennia really, but for centuries, God has been seeking his people out, the, the, the Jewish people. He's been leading them, teaching them. He's been wooing them to himself through his revealed word. Uh, you know, the words of Moses, the, the words of the uh, patriarchs as they handed down the words of God were... Um, verbally uh, face to face and then written as Moses writes them down they've been doing this through the revealed word and also the prophets so through all of those kings and prophets times they are familiar with prophets faithful prophets coming from God representing God giving direction and instruction and bringing and keeping the people close to God you see this this wavering path of the people of Israel where they have a good king and they're good and then they have a bad king and they're bad and then you have a a good king and they're good um, but the people kill the king and then you Mm. have a a bad um, you have a a bad king and the people kill the king because they don't like him being so bad so Mm. there's this conflict that goes right through uh, their history 
And, and Jesus, when he wants to get their attention, God as a whole, when he wants to get their attention at this time in history, he sends a prophet. Mm. They've had no word of a prophet for over 400 years. And God sends a prophet because that is what they're familiar with. So firstly, Jesus reaches out in a practical way, in a way they're familiar with, Mm. a way that they're familiar with. And he gets their attention and he gets them prepared. John the Baptist comes. And in Matthew 3, 1 to 3, we can see John the Baptist's job was to get their attention, draw people back to God. Mm. Following this... So he's got their attention. Jesus comes along and he recruits some helpers. That's the first thing he does. In, in most of the Gospels, you see the first thing Jesus does is recruits helpers. I think there's a really good lesson in that. Mm. Because as Jesus recruited helpers, he is recognizing a number of things. Firstly, it's, it, although it's his, his plan is to seek and save, it's not God's plan for him to do it alone. He wants to involve people. doesn't need to, but he wants to involve people. So he involves other people. And as we said last week, this is an equipping Mm. process where he equips them he shows them he teaches them and he gets them to do so he equips them um and that, so that becomes good for not only the other people but for the for the people for involved as well, as well. Yeah. yeah because they're both they're both learning in those examples mm. so people are being reached people are being changed mm. um in both sides of that so he's about to start one of the most important ministries in world history and so he gathers others who he hopes to teach by example. And mm. as we know from the stories, he does teach them by example. They take a long time to learn, a mm. little bit like us, but they do learn. Mm. Then he begins to address the immediate problems of the people. Now, I, I mean, it's, it's really good <clears throat> for God, Jesus to come and say, kingdom of heaven is at hand. But what's the point of actually saying that if the people who he's talking to don't even live to see it because of poverty or sickness. So Jesus is really practical in this step. And he comes along and he, he doesn't just get their attention. He doesn't just do these things, the healings and, the, and all of these things to glorify himself and get their attention. Oh, look at me. Look how good I am. He does it because he really wants to help. He really, really cares about the people. Mm. This gets people's attention. You imagine somebody coming through Hobart or Launceston or wherever you are listening from today, and he heals every single person. And on Monday morning, there's nobody at the doctors. Mm. That would get people's attention. That will be on the news, I guarantee it. So Jesus gets people's attention because as people see him working, and doing what he says he's doing and what he came to do, they realize that he's not like their leaders. He, the leaders say a lot, don't really do much to help. Mm. You know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Jesus even addressed it and said, sure, they're right, you've got to do those things, but don't do what they do because they don't actually do the same things. So they recognize Jesus is a different teacher. Then Jesus preaches the good news about the kingdom of God. We see this unpacking in his first sermon in the chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew as he gives people good news about God and the kingdom of God and how those who are downcast and browbeaten, you know, they're the ones that are important to God, 
not that the others aren't, but, but God cares about them when no one else does. Mm-hmm. And he gives people hope and he clarifies their misunderstandings and misconceptions about the law and about God. Why does he do this? Why does he do this? Well, Jesus does it first with the Israelites for a reason. As I've said, he really wanted to first. The Bible says Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. Um, That's a summary of that verse. He had compassion on them. He really cared. That's what it's saying. But why did he just start out by just reaching the Israelites? In Matthew 10, 6, 15, 24, um, it says that that's where he goes. That's what he said he was called to. Um, don't, don't come and talk to me. I'm called to the Israelites. Mm, there was a play on words there, but nevertheless. Mm. It's not to say he wasn't interested in anyone else, as we'll look at you know, in, in future weeks. However, he had, a reason, he had a reason for starting with them. Many years later, there's a debate um, in the early church about the uniqueness of the Jews. Now, Paul, who was actually once a, a really devout Jewish leader himself, supports the importance that Jesus cl- clearly saw in his people Israel. He says that they are special because they were entrusted with God's words to share with others. Let me, let me read how he put it. In Matthew chapter 3, 1 and 2, he says, they've got this debate about circumcision. Should you, shouldn't you? <coughs> We're think, not looking at that. I think today. that was uh, Romans 3, 1 and 2. Is that right? Oh, sorry, what did yeah, I say? You said Matthew. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, yeah. Romans 3. Romans 3, 1 and 2. What advantage then has the Jews, or what is the profit of circumcision? So, you know, being identified as a Jew. He says, much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. Committed means given to protect and, and, um, and look after. Mm. Okay? They were given the oracles of God, not to hide them away, but to mm. share them with everyone else. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And it goes on talking about them, certainly not. God wanted them to have this really important role. Mm. So a very special role. They were given, um, well, they, they certainly had God amongst them. They were given his, his scriptures through the prophets, mm. and uh, they were meant to be uh, sharing that with uh, other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone is special to God. Mm. He doesn't want anyone to, lo- to be lost. And Second Peter 3.9 actually says that, that he's being patient so that no one is lost, as in no one is lost who, who, who doesn't want to be lost, but everyone has a chance to come to repentance. However, he chooses different people to do different tasks, and as we said last week, he equips them to do it as he sees fit. Mm. It's time for another break, but it's also time for our free book offer for today. It's called Avenues to the Heart, Teachers Who Made a Difference. And this is by Larry Blackmer. Now, it says Avenues to the Heart, Teachers Who Made a Difference, is filled with stories about teachers who were also human and made mistakes, but they loved their students and that love changed their lives. How would you handle a little David who picked up a stone and knocked Goliath out of the church window? (laughs) How would you respond to a busy university professor who asked her husband to find you and pray with you just before your comprehensive exams began. Who knows? It might even inspire you to dedicate your life to influence 
just what to influence just one life around you and of course mm. that's uh, what god wants us to do doesn't he mm. is to influence people around us now right after the break we'll give you the code for this book uh, avenues to the heart right now this is burdened by jamie kimmett When you're all alone When there's trouble Stirring in your soul And if your world is Falling apart And just hold on For the morning break to dawn Come and lay your burdens down To the place where freedom is found At the feet, at the feet of Jesus Come and lay your burdens down When the deepest sorrow weighs on your heart When you've prayed for answers, but the answers never come. For every tear that you cry, there's a promise He will make your burdens light. Come and lay your burdens down to the place where At the feet of Jesus Come and lay your burdens down Burdens down So come in 
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of valuing everyone and in particular lost sheep and you know that song reminds me that many of us carry burdens for those who have walked away from the mm. from uh, God and who previously had a relationship and they've walked away for some reason. And we can take those burdens. Sometimes it's hard to know how to reach people. And mm. we can take those burdens to Jesus in prayer and uh, ask for wisdom, ask for guidance as to how we can reach out to those around us. Now, before the break, we talked about our book offer today, Avenues to the Heart, Teachers Who Made a Difference. We've got three copies of this book to give away. And so text in REFLECT21, R-E-F-L-E-C-T, 21, no spaces. Text that in to 0488880891 to claim your free offer today, the free book offer. The first three in will receive that book today. So, David, just in finishing up before the break, mm. uh, we were talking about how the Jewish people were given a special job. They they were also given uh, and trusted with the very words of God to share with those around them. Mm. So, and, yeah. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, and we were talking about how lost meant perishing, and and in the context of what we read, that it was all the Jewish people were lost without Jesus, and, and it's slightly different for us. Not not the fact that we're lost without Jesus. That's the same. That's mm. no different at all. But for those who have chosen to follow Jesus and are faithfully doing what they can to know Jesus and build their relationship, we talked about that more last week when we were talking about empowerment and we were talking about uh, engaging and and using our talents to build them up Mm. so we really kind of covered that side of it but what we haven't covered is that people who who do know jesus who have been connected with jesus but have lost that connection in some way Mm. so that's what really i really want to look at in this final section how do we actively seek out those that are perishing, those that are lost sheep, God's faithful people, those that did know about God, but at some point um, have fallen away. That, that's what I want to look at this mm. at this section. So as we read about how Jesus went about seeking to bring the lost sheep of Israel back to him, we see a number of methods that Jesus modelled. We see um, he uses methods they were familiar with. Okay, we looked at that. We looked at he addressed their real needs. He spoke words of truth, life, and encouragement to them. And he sometimes used firm words. We didn't look at that, but he sometimes used very firm words, which he knew would prick their hearts and consciences. So if this model was good enough for Jesus to use, it should be good enough for us to use as well. Mm. So there's many, many people who've come to a knowledge of Jesus and the truths that in these final days of Earth's history, we've been privileged to uncover. You know, probably just in the last 100 to 200 years, we've uncovered so much in the Bible. Daniel has been opened, if you like. It was closed in the time of Daniel, but in Revelation, um, the angel shows, or shows John an, uh, a, a vision of an open book, not a closed book. So we see these truths have been opened. However, many people who knew all of these things, who've been exposed to these and understand them, some have lost their way some way. Uh, And often it's not because of the information that they learned, it's because of someone and their words. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Something someone has said. You know, so many people I've met and they said, yeah, I don't go to church anymore because so-and-so did, 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 did. Yeah. You know, um... 
So if we follow Jesus' methods to the lost sheep of Israel, we can use the same methods also for these people to give them another chance, Mm. give them another opportunity to reunite with God's people and be effective in these last days. My big question would be, sure, that's the how. Why would we do this? (laughs) Why would we go after people who may be grumpy, who may be bearing a grudge of some kind or have an axe to grind, as they say, isn't it just looking for trouble? Sounds like <laughs> and, it. <laughs> and it does. It mm. does kind of. It's not always very easy. It's often not mm. easy. After all, when you look at Jesus and what he did, these kinds of people ended up killing him. Mm. <laughs> so it didn't get a good response from a lot of them. But he did save many. Mm. So just in one passage, just one passage I want to read to give me the answer to the why. And that's in 2 Corinthians five fourteen and 15. It says, for the love of Christ compels us, mm. compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. What he means is if Jesus came and died for everyone, then everyone has, has, has died through Jesus. They've died to sin through Jesus. And we simply need to connect them with that truth so they connect with that opportunity. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if, uh, but if he died, uh, sorry, oh, I didn't finish reading that, um, that, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Here's the why. Why should we do it? Because the love of Christ compels us. Mm. It's compelling. It's compelling. It compelled him to come and die and take our sin for those who even didn't appreciate him, um, those who ended up killing him. But when, when God's word begins to dwell in us richly, as it says in, in Colossians 3.16, it will become the natural action that we take. Remember the, the horse and the cart last week? Yes, and I talked about, I talked about, um, you know, does the horse become a horse by pulling the cart, or does the horse pull the cart because it's a horse? You know, yes. that, yep. that's obviously the answer. Mm. It's, it, it's the natural reaction, the natural actions that come out from inside of us when we allow Christ to dwell in us richly, and as we connect with other people, we gain that empathy for them. We gain that empathy for them. So seeking out those who've known Christ first, but fallen away for some reason, is the natural action we take because we want them to regain that salvation they once had. Mm. So I bring you back to the opening illustration of the blind leading the the blind or blindfolded in that case. If those who think they're on the right path find out they're actually on the wrong path, then what good will it do with those who associate and follow them? Um, They'll all be lost together Mm. um, if they're all blindfolded. This is often the case with those who've lost their faith. Um, they've had faith, but they lose it. And then they justify their course of action, you know. Oh, church is full of hypocrites, or um, you can't actually live up to that. Well, oh, God's not real, and you know, didn't do this for me. And as they do that, they actually turn others away in their justification. And I believe this is even more reason why God wants us to first seek out those who have had faith, but once lost it. Well, had faith once, but they don't have it anymore. You know, they're the lost sheep of Israel, if you like, the, the ones that are now perishing. Who do you know? This is my challenge for you today, and it's a real challenge. Who do you personally know who was once in your church, once associated with your group of people but aren't there any longer? Mm. Who do you know, and when did you last speak to them personally? 
You know, a lot of water has probably passed under the bridge. Some of these people you might not have talked to for 20 years, 10 years, 30 years, whatever it might be. And lots of things could have changed by then. There's a lot you won't have to teach them because they already know. It's actually easier to reach people like this. Perhaps all they need is a caring ear, uh, maybe a friend to say, hey, it's okay. You know what? Jesus still loves you and so do we. We miss you. So my challenge is why not give someone a call this week, mm. someone who you know is in that category, yeah. and see if you can help on the journey to the restoration that they really need. Mm. That's uh, a, uh, an important thing for us to each to do. Um, we're out of time, but uh, what have you got for us next week, David? Next week I'm going to look at another segment of people called Sheep of Another Flock. That's a really interesting one for us. It is. And, of course, tomorrow we've got George Vandeventer. He's a friend of ours who's got a great testimony to share. Do I truly worship God or just seek his blessings? Mm. Reflect 21 is the code for today. Don't forget that. Um, but right now we're going to um, finish up our program and we just hope that God is with you. Uh, wherever you are today, He, he may you feel his blessings. This is I Will Bring You Home by Michael Card. When time reaches fullness, when I...